t-shirts. Everyone got one. What's your opinion? This is the rare one. Tongues won't be bitten. Ain't no rules, just spill it. And anybody can get it. No limit. We get to kill it. You tuning into the thrillers. And no, ain't no stopping. No. Any topic. Even the random. Yeah, I hope that you're ready. We entering in the zone soon. We on a grown shit. Welcome to the rambling. Ah, uh, yeah, what's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest. You guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room, where we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what, Lisa? 2017. Okay, God we got it right. Damn. We got it right. We survived. <laughs> we survived. We, we got out of we 2016. Now we're here, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> 2016 was, like, the worst uh, in so many ways, but now it's fresh, new. So fresh. It's so, it's so clean, clean. clean. I know. Yes, it's so of course. wonderful. So, wonderful. so you guys know how we're doing on the Rant Room. On this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. Mm-hmm. So you hear her voice, mm-hmm. Lisa Bullock-Kaja, yeah, the street nerd. I'm back. I'm back from my. I'm back from my silent meditation retreat. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yes, right. So I was like, you can talk know, to as y'all know, it's just yes, check the word check. So, so yeah, so I was out in Joshua Tree in the desert, mm-hmm. and so what you was doing? We were silent, which is what I love. <laughs> Shut the hell up. <laughs> For how long? Uh, four and a half days. Ooh, that's a long time. And uh, yeah, so it was like, you know, through the New Year's and all mm-hmm. that stuff too. And it's like nothing but vegan food. So they cook for you and everything. Okay. So we had yoga early in the morning, yoga at night. We had meditations all throughout the day, whatever you want to do. I was walking out in the desert. Chuck I was said journaling. I was writing. <laughs> it was wonderful. And I was upset when I had to leave yeah. and come back and have to talk to people. <laughs> You know, I was glad it was 2017, but it's like, damn it, I got to drive down here and talk to some human beings now. I was like meditating with cactus and Joshua trees themselves. And, and like, I was, no, it wasn't that cold. It wasn't that cold. It was really, I, you know, I'm used to being outdoors, so, so it wasn't cold. cold. Like, I was walking out on a little meditation. Like, you have a little meditation walk from by myself. <laughs> so they have like 400 acres, so you can just go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I'm walking, and then my instincts, my, my instincts came in. I said, I hear something, and I saw a coyote. And a rabbit, and they both stopped. They were in midst yeah. of predator prey work, oh, really? but then they heard me, and so it was I saved the day. No, and I took out my camera, so I need to take a picture of this. <laughs> and I took the picture. You can't really see it was it far away, but it was that moment where we were all in tune, where I was the apex predator, <laughs> and the coyote, and the, and the moment we had that moment where we all stopped and mm-hmm. looked at one. It was like one of those weird moments where, mm-hmm. literally, they were in the midst. He was chasing it, <laughs> and then they heard me, and they both stopped, and we all looked at each other, That's and I'm right. like. We're here in this moment together. <laughs> You're like, go on, do your shit. I'm gonna take. But go picture. on, I'm gonna take this picture though. <laughs> Good luck, rabbit. Go ahead. Rabbit. They legalized pot. I knew this kind of thing. You know, you know, you know. But yes, I'm back. It's a new year. I'm excited. New big things are going on. Shout out to. Uh, we're gonna talk about it today. Mm-hmm. But shout out to Queen Viola. Yes. Getting her 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 star on the Walk mm-hmm. of Fame. So you know, That's I'll be huge. out there scrubbing it down, <laughs> taking pictures, making sure people ain't stepping Sanitizing on it. Yes, you know, don't you step on it. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, uh, just hidden figures. Just mm-hmm. an amazing. I saw it twice yesterday. Damn. I went in the morning. She be going in. Look, I went in the morning. The fan we talking about right? I went now. in the morning, and then three hours later, I went again and took my friend. Really? Both theaters we were in, and two different parts of the city in San mm-hmm. Diego. Packed. 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 Good. And it wasn't just black folk. Good. Like, it was packed. People mm-hmm. had their kids. Mm-hmm. And each time at the end, we both, everybody applauded. Like, good. it was so good. That's yeah, a very moving It's film. moving. Yeah. It's, you saw it too? Yeah, I saw it over okay. the holiday. Pharrell did the music. It's amazing. Uh, I want all of jo- uh, Janelle Monet's clothes in that movie. 
she looked fabulous. Like, we just need a whole, like, outfits in Target somewhere, cheap, where I can afford it, that look like her outfits from the like, bring Pirate. back that Mad Men oh, era again. Now yes. Now, like, the hidden figures look. Look, look, look. Yeah. She had the little belts and the hairdos. Oh, it was fabulous. <laughs> fabulous movie. But I'm glad we're back. And we got somebody who's been with us yes, before who has some exciting news. Hi, Chuck. <laughs> round two. <laughs> Happy 2017. Thank you. Thank you. You too. So... Welcome to the show, mm-hmm. my man, mm-hmm. my big bro, mm-hmm. my home team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how many, many hyphens you got, Chuck? Wait, we walked in. We walked into the <laughs> lot. never have too Wait, many. We walked, <laughs> into, we walked into the lot, and I looked at Chuck like, oh, there's Chuck. And Chuck is like to me, do I know you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought it was you, but I didn't want to be the guy no. to say, hey, and then I was wrong. Well, no, but they were, the, <laughs> new guy was, the new guy was checking at the gate stuff. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to disturb. He'd be mm-hmm. like, whatever. And then he was walking. I was like, well, maybe that wasn't Chuck. I thought that was Chuck. Well, that's what I was asking. Uh-huh. I thought it was Lisa, because she would have said something to me. But I had to stop and talk to the new dude, because you know when you get new people who are, you know, security you know and you. they, hey, here, show your ID. Like, I always come here. So I'm walking and then Chuck was walking hella slow. And I'm like, and you know, I walk <laughs> fast. And I'm like, I don't want to run this man over, but <laughs> he's walking really slow. I said, I know it's Chuck. I know it's Chuck. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know what? Maybe it's not Chuck. I'll just go around. And then finally I get up here and there's Chuck. Like, yeah, it's Chuck. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> so welcome to the show. Yes. Chuck Rose, everybody. Mm-hmm. Writer, producer, author. Uh, you direct? I do I think direct. We talked about I that. haven't done an episode of of uh, the show yet, but okay. uh, hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, coming up maybe in season three or with okay. the new ABC show. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not ruling ah, it out. But, but, he's you know, hinting around that new ABC yeah. show. I not see. Because for those of you who, who are listening, time, yeah, last year we had Chuck came in and he was talking about our the fabulous. If you haven't watched it yet, you need to watch it. The yes. Art of War with Dennis Quaid, on Crackle, Vinci- Vintage Sexy. Mm-hmm. Get your Vintage Sexy on Crackle. It's sexy. It really it is. is. It, it is. Even sexier now. Yes, because <laughs> we saw the trailer for season two and it's like y'all done turned up. Okay, they like okay. they gave me extra five dollars. Okay, like, y'all gave you some extra change. Exactly. Do what you go and do. So that's. That's always exciting, especially when you get a new season of a show. But what I want to hear about mm-hmm. is this new thing you got going on. Because when Chuck was telling me about it when we came in here, I was so excited. <laughs> and I have to tell you the story yet again because it was Tell so it. funny because Tell he didn't realize mm-hmm. he was in the room with three gods of acting and was like, oh, I didn't know that was that person. I'm like, you were in the room. I would have been in the corner. You didn't see shaking. the halo Look, over the You head. didn't see the halos over the... I would have been in the corner shaking and crying and rolling back and forth going, Lord, what did I do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lord, what did I deserve to be in this room? <laughs> but we're going to have Chuck tell us. So tell us the exciting things that you got going on. I better than I didn't know. I was, <laughs> I was more chill and I, I enjoyed my lunch. Um, but it, it actually started uh, this project I'm doing at ABC called Head Games. It started before the art of more. It started about five years ago. We oh, went wow. out with this pitch mm-hmm. about a psychiatrist who's really a spy for the government. Based mm-hmm. on a book. It's right? based on your book. Well, before it was a book, we took it out as a pitch. Oh, oh look oh, at you. We didn't sell it as a pitch. And I you're said, like, you know, I really love it. this character. Mm-hmm. I, I love this story, the idea that you would use a psychiatrist to get at this sort of very dangerous kind of Dick Cheney kind mm-hmm. of guy that your most vulnerable way to get somebody is through their mind. Mm-hmm. I love that. And so... Uh, I thought it's a very unlikely kind of hero. It's an unusual, you know, way of telling a thriller. And so I wrote it as a book, mm-hmm. and we called it Head Games, a neurotic thriller. <laughs> because my publisher said, you know, you got to have an unusual tagline. And I thought, well, neurotic thriller will make people, because, mm-hmm. you know, you're browsing on Amazon, you know, you look at each thumbnail for about three seconds. Right, right. And if there's anything True. about the cover of your book that makes you look at it for four seconds Mm -hmm. instead of three seconds, Mm -hmm. it increases your chances of somebody clicking on it and buying it. Mm -hmm. So the book did well, and then with the success of The Art of More, so 
you know, I had an opportunity. I sold a pilot last year to NBC, which didn't get made, but it got, you know, sort of got me on more people's radar. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you kind of build a house of brick at a time. Mm-hmm. Right. And I say, oh, so I Once you get into the system. Right. Once you get into mm-hmm. the system, and then, okay, I did a show on Crackle, mm-hmm. and the show's doing well. It got picked up for season two. Yeah. Now mm-hmm. I've written a show for Network. Mm-hmm. And so I went out this year with, you know, just, you know, a little bit more credibility, a mm-hmm. little more, a little more momentum. Mm-hmm. And people that I had met last year said, oh, what have you got this year? And my agents, who are very, you know, dedicated and very tenacious, they said, well, what would you want to do if you could do anything now? Mm. And I said, I would really want to go back and do Head Games as a mm. TV show. Okay. Because it is a thriller. You know, the nice thing about the book You already is, developed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I spent, you know, two, three years really getting inside the story mm-hmm. and the heads of the characters, and the book would be the roadmap for season one of the show. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I did all the sort of interior monologue that you can do in a book. Okay. And now I wanted to be able to do all the visuals and uh, let yeah. the audience kind of discover the interior. Mm-hmm. And not, the great thing about the book is you can really share that with them. In a, in a show that they've got to do a little bit of the work. <laughs> like, all right, what's he really thinking when he's saying? Because everybody's lying all right. the time. <laughs> right. And in a book, you can kind of lay that out a little clearer. But, you know, so my agent sent the book out, and it went to Juvie Productions, which is Viola Davis's production company. Mm-hmm. And I met uh, with Andrew Wang, who's her head of TV development. Mm-hmm. And then he loved it, and he brought See, it. Yeah, you're just throwing out these names. I know. Like, just, that's my cousin. And, and that's stuff. my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> they feel, well, the nice thing about Juvie is it really feels like family, mm-hmm. and they they really treat everybody like family. I've never worked at a place that has so much just sort of integrity, and you know, as Viola said, there's not met many people in this business that really have your back. Mm-hmm. You know, there are people who think you have talent, and they and they're willing to you know, exploit that talent, but who really have your back. But she and her husband, Julius, have just set this wonderful tone where they really genuinely look out for the people who work with them and work for them. Mm -hmm. And they brought Andrew on. He used to work at Bravo, and now he runs development for them for the TV side. And they signed a deal with with ABC, I think, in April. So, you know, their deal with ABC is fairly new. Uh, this is the first looking, project, right? And this was their first one-hour drama. Okay. They had brought a couple of th- other things into ABC that mm-hmm. I guess just weren't, you know, weren't a fit. And then they had sold a comedy, but they hadn't sold a one-hour drama yet. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, they really believed in the book. And we went in and we 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 pitched it to ABC, and they bought it. Wow. So you know, I've been working on that now, writing it for them. Okay. And then the other day, you know, uh, Viola's getting her star on the Walk of Fame. And uh, again, just in, a, a real show of generosity, making me feel like part of the family. They said, "Oh, you know, come to come to the ceremony, mm-hmm. come to the luncheon." And I didn't even know that there was a ceremony or a luncheon. I thought, "Oh, she's getting a star walk of it. I'll just be one of those guys wandering by exactly, on Hollywood Boulevard, yeah. and I'll just be like, hey." And uh, I was saying to Andrew, I said, well, is it dressy? Do I wear a suit? Do yeah. I wear he goes, well, you know, Viola will be dressed up. Meryl will be dressed up. And I thought Meryl was like the head of the Hollywood uh, Chamber of Commerce or something. He said, oh, wait, Meryl wait, who? Uh, he goes, oh, you know Meryl Streep is presenting her with the, with the star. I like, no, I did not know that. <laughs> so I was like, all right, well, uh, I'm just going to fade into the background now. And, but no, it was it was a wonderful event, and you, again, you could just feel how mm-hmm. much people love her and respect her and admire her. And the people from Fences were there, and the people from How to Get Away with, with Murder were there, and um, you know it's a busy time. I mean, it's Golden Globes mm-hmm. and award season, and everybody's all over the place. But everybody came. I mean, I, I know Meryl Streep had other things that she had to do as well, and she went to the farewell White House dinner for Obama mm-hmm. Friday night. So. You know, they're all busy people, but you could see that that being there for Viola was really important to everybody. Yes. And she just kind of inspires that in you. Mm-hmm. I mean, the first time I met her, I was like, I just don't want to let you down. I want to <laughs> give, give you a script yes. that you can really be proud of, right. that you can be proud to have your name on. 
and that has really made me try to raise the bar even more. You know, I always try to do the best that I possibly can mm-hmm. and create something that's worth everybody's effort because having done a show now, mm-hmm. you see how many people are on a show. Yes. And right. you're up there on set and you see there's 200 people and they're all working their asses off and you're like, well, I sure hope that my work is... And it's got your name on it. Yeah, right, it's got right, my name on it, but also right. that, that it's worth the dedication and the time that everybody puts into mm-hmm. it, that everybody, you know, I hope is proud of it. Mm-hmm. And I think on The Art of More They Are, and mm-hmm. I know our, our cast mm-hmm. and everybody, you know, was so happy to come back for, for season two, mm-hmm. and the audiences have been embracing it. And But then, you know, meeting Viola and seeing, you know, I mean, nobody sets the bar higher mm-hmm. than that, and that I could do something that hopefully she will feel is worth having her name on. Sure. And her husband, Julius, as well, is mm-hmm. such a wonderful man. They just have so much integrity. Mm-hmm. You just you pick up on it the minute you meet them. So I, I really feel mm-hmm. blessed that I'm, I'm working with such terrific people. And, yeah, the luncheon was... Uh, okay, can we just something. say that luncheon, he showed us a photo. Yeah, he's like, was oh, he here's... Dan, he goes, wait, wait, he's sitting there, he's like, oh, there's Denzel. So he's like, video, you know, and actually moving pictures, and Denzel's making the toast. He's like, oh, and there's Bryce Dallas Howard. Mm-hmm. And I look at the picture in the back, I go, oh, there's there's Angela Bassett. And he's like, who, what? Is that not, that's not... He goes, that's not Angela Bassett. I didn't say I, who, because no, no, I, no. I know I'm white, but I do know who Angela Bassett is. I'm just messing with you. But no, he goes, no, I he said, said no, it's not. He goes, where? I said, I said, because like, you know, it's the picture, but it it's like in the, the background. Yeah, in She's the background, in the back. Yeah. I said, blow it up, like, move it up and make it bigger. So he makes it bigger and there's Queen Angela yes. looking all fabulous in the background. I'm well, like, she you? was sitting very quietly in yes. the background and when Denzel Washington is getting up and making a speech, mm-hmm. that's sort of who you're looking at. Right. Yeah, you know? yeah, so yeah. I She's didn't... like right directly. But you know what? I think what you said in terms of them, you know, them having their integrity and them being friends for years, and I think they have a certain comfort level where it's not like the celebrity fancy mm-hmm. thing where it's like Angela can come, you know, celebrate her girl Viola mm-hmm. doing this thing and not make it about them. Like, oh, I'm Angela Bassett. I'm here. Because, mm-hmm. you know, if you notice in the picture, she's sitting at the table, you know, yeah. to the side, just chilling. Yeah. And I'm like, like your moment. those are the kind, yeah, mm-hmm. those are the kind of people you want to surround yourself with who are there to celebrate you and your success yeah. because it'll, it'll raise everybody up. And you're just sitting in there relaxing and, <laughs> and, and got everybody in the room with you. How exciting for you. I don't know how relaxed I was. But, uh, <laughs> but here's a good thing about your project. <laughs> it was her that, day, so I could just yeah. sort of Enjoy it and be a fly on the wall. It wasn't like you know when we did the premiere in New York for the Art of More, and that mm-hmm. was a big event. And right. A lot of media came, right. and then the focus was more on the work that I had done and the show, mm-hmm. as well as the cast. But this was her day, so mm-hmm. I was just an honored to be a fly on the wall. There. Right. And they announced you, which was really nice. You know. Yeah. You know, they they, they were very gracious, mm-hmm. and they introduced me around to some of the people there. But again, you know, it was really about her and, and the work she's done mm-hmm. and the movie or the whole cast of Fences mm-hmm. was there and they're, they're all such wonderful people this this is their moment mm-hmm. in, in the sun and I'm, I couldn't be happier for mm-hmm. that well what I'm excited about with this new project with Viola is that because a couple of shows that have been out right now like have ended like the really good um, like psychological thriller like what I call grown up smart TV and a lot of shows have ended like I'm thinking in terms of like the, the stuff that has like you know where it messes your mind up. You don't know who to trust and stuff. I'm thinking about in terms of like um, a couple of April, the one with Mads Mickelson that everyone loves. You know the TV show he was playing the doctor. Come on, Lecter. Is it Lecter? Oh, Hannibal. Oh, Hannibal. Hannibal. Thank Hannibal. you, Hannibal. Mm-hmm. And you know those kind of like where you're kind of like watching smart. I'll take TV <laughs> trivia for two. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like a couple other shows like that. A lot of them, you know, they're, they're ending, and mm-hmm. we're looking for new stuff. And a lot of the new TV shows that are coming out, like honestly. Some of them are just not that interesting to me. But this, 
when you're talking about a neurotic thriller where mind games and political intrigue and who and you know that's my fear in movies Mm -hmm. it's like who do you trust Mm -hmm. and who's unreliable and i love unreliable narrator story and i love those kind of head games like this is the kind of smart TV well, it that we need. It definitely lives in a world of paranoia. Mm-hmm. You know, our, our lead character is this, you know, very successful psychiatrist. He's got a good practice on Park Avenue. He's got a wife and kids and a home in Scarsdale. And, you know, he came from a, a blue-collar background, but he's mm-hmm. worked himself up to a very accomplished elite world. Mm-hmm. And he, I think he looks around and sees the world as a relatively safe place. Mm-hmm. And then he finds out, oh, you know, this patient that you've been seeing, he's actually a mass murderer. <laughs> and he's staging these political coups all over the world. And it starts gets him thinking, like, well, now is the guy on the subway sitting across from me. Well, what's in that briefcase? Why is he carrying... Is, is there a bomb? Is, mm-hmm. So he begins to see the world differently. And the paranoia that he begins to experience, because he, he is an everyman. Uh, you know, he's a relatively successful every man but he still he, he comes from a normal background mm-hmm. and suddenly he's thrust into this world almost the way Hitchcock used to do yes. of like a Jimmy Stewart yes. something that everybody could relate to and then suddenly he's traveling around the world trying to stop this guy right. who's going to blow up you know the Royal Albert Hall or something <laughs> mm-hmm. so we definitely live in a world of paranoia right mm-hmm. now I mean clearly and there are people who are capitalizing on that paranoia and we're just trying to show here's a smart man he's like any of us mm-hmm. And he gets pulled into it. Mm-hmm. And it's about, A, how he gets pulled into it, but also about how he keeps himself from getting consumed by it. Mm-hmm. How he manages to rise above it and use his own mind to rise above his paranoia. Mm-hmm. But he definitely goes on a, uh, on a dangerous, tricky ride before oh, like he's it. able to get to that. It sounds place. like oh. you're going to... Trick us though, see, because what I keep thinking is, is he really paranoid? Though? Yes. You know what I mean? Well, clearly he's not really paranoid. <laughs> Shit's really going down. <laughs> Shit is really going down. And just because you're paranoid doesn't, it doesn't mean, mean you're, they're really not right. True. Right. Right. But it's they a really good, are out to get you. It's a good red herring there, right? <laughs> yes. I miss those kind of shows. Like, like literally, this, the, since I've been off on vacation, I've been going back and checking out a lot, like the Parallax View, mm-hmm. a lot of the classic 70s intrigues. I, I miss those, those type of shows and, I, and, and movies, and I just wish that we would bring more of those back. So it sounds like you're, you're, you're bringing something that is going to have me with my tea, with my Twitter <laughs> peeps going, girl. <laughs> I just want everybody to have their tea and now, their Twitter peeps. Yeah, look, look, look. Watching the show. Now, if you could they... fan cast it, who who would you have to play your psychiatrist? Can you say that on? Can there? you say? Have you guys start? Or can? Or just if you could fan cast, like like have you? How far have you got to the cast? Have you got cast yet? No. Or, no we're, we're but not, if we're you not, could we're fan still cast, on the script right now. You know, there's some really interesting people that we're we're talking about right now, and obviously Viola and her relationships, and I'd rather not. Okay. Okay. Cool. Else, uh, is she is she gonna pop in? Is she going to be on the show? Or are you guys discussing that still? Or? I, I would like her to make a cameo as the okay. president. That would be awesome. I want her to play the president. Yeah, awesome. uh, but she's got a, her plate is pretty full. So yes. I don't know she ain't doing nothing. She ain't that, that's, that's my one dream casting is I want her to play the president because I want her to sort of show us the way forward and show us what's possible yes. in the future. Mm. Interesting. Well, I, well, you know everyone's going to be. I mean, if it's Viola Davis. They're going to have some sexy people, really smart actors. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just excited. And like you said, if you could just have her do just... Queen Viola. <laughs> if you could just do, you know. if you could just do one, can't, like all she got to do is walk by and just look fabulous. <laughs> like my dream thing is just to see movies and pictures of her. I mean, I just love. Her. Like I've been a fan for like years. I was telling Chuck earlier. Like I've been a fan since way back. Like the first time I saw her 
was in, no one saw the movie because it didn't make nothing. <laughs> but if you saw the original Russian one, Solaris, which uh-huh. I love and everyone tends to hate because they don't like slow foreign <laughs> movies. But she was in the remake with George Clooney. And that was, I think that was one of the first times I saw her in terms of in film. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, who is this woman? I love her. Mm. You know, and then, you know, on the course of her career, I started building like, oh, so this is Viola Davis. Mm-hmm. This is the one George Clooney said, like, if you want to talk about an actor, mm-hmm. This is the one right here. And I was like, I'm going to have to follow her and be a fan. Like, she's on one of my favorite episodes of Law and Order. Mm-hmm. I think it's Law and Order SVU where she plays like this bad cop who's like killing everybody. Mm-hmm. And I was like, y'all need to look at Viola and get her to some stuff because she See, can play. Lisa always claims she's ahead of the game anyway. She's I look, I know. Like, I'm telling that. people. I've so been what, trying to tell you. What stock should I, I buy? I'm trying to tell you. Exactly. Uh, anything Viola is in. Okay. <laughs> you know, and like literally when I, we went to go see her in Fences um, on Christmas Day and like every performance she does, she brings something. And, and any production that she's involved with, it's going to be banging, you know. It's going to be something because she's a smart woman. She is, yeah. and she does not choose crappy projects. Like she's, she's one of those thinking actors who I don't know. I, is there are actors, there are celebrities, there are entertainers, but there are certain groupings of actors where it doesn't matter what they do. I'm going to go see it. They're kind of their own genre. Yes, they bring an integrity to it, and, and certainly Denzel Washington is yes. that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember reading something one time about how Jeff Bridges is his own genre. Mm-hmm. And certain actors, just if they, you know if they're in it. And, yes. And she's definitely one of those people that I'll, I'll watch her do anything. Yeah. You know, even if it's a small role or a walk-in, like, oh, Viola's in it? Oh, we come in. We come to come see it. Well, I think that's how she got where she is, is that she started off playing, you know, small roles, but it didn't matter. Whatever she did, that's what she stole it. She stole still every, every scene. Every time. Like I said, Solaris, you know, like like first the movie the first movie I saw her in, um, it was an ensemble cast. I mean, George Clooney was a star, but when it came to her mm-hmm. part, like I was riveted. And when I see actors like that, like there's there's others that that are like that. Like sure. no matter what they do, I am riveted to them. And if you're a writer and you get a project with an actor like that that can bring something to that, I mean, that, that's, that's well, a blessing. Speaking well, of I, that, I, go yeah. ahead, go ahead. No, no, as you said, I've been very fortunate. I've gotten terrific actors on the projects I've worked on. I mean, Art of Moore. You know, Dennis Quaid, Dennis Vintage, Quaid Vintage, Vintage Bay. Yes. Kate, Kate Bosworth, <laughs> Carrie Still Elvis. Still leaning me. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, they're, they're all, you know, Kate, Carrie, Dennis, they're all wonderful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was talking with Carrie about it. And the thing that attracted him and I think the others, too, is that it is a show that's set in a world that you don't usually see. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the auction world. Like, who does a show in the auction mm-hmm. world? Who does a show about a psychiatrist who's mm-hmm. a spy? So it's not like I'm trying to be a troublemaker. Right. Or but, but these are the stories that I'm drawn to. Right. And for a long time, it made life more difficult. Mm. Because, because a lot of people didn't want to get those projects. Mm. And <laughs> even when when we first finished the pilot for Art of More and they tested it, mm-hmm. you know, like a focus group, and they had them fill out these questions, and they did this marketing thing, like, what show is it most like? And usually there's some mm. show that you get, like, 70 80% comparison. Mm-hmm. I think the highest ranked was, like, Blacklist. It was like 40% of the people said mm-hmm. it was like Blacklist, okay. which, you know, even that's kind of pushing it. So there was really no show that they could compare hmm, it to. Right. Yeah, I wouldn't and compare it to Blacklist. They, they said, in a way, that's great. Like the marketing mm. people from Sony, when we had our big, like, you know, season two marketing thing, and they kind of went over the, the season one results again. And they said, mm-hmm. in, in a way, that's great that people said, well, there's really no show we can compare it to. Right. He goes, but it's also for us as the marketing department a challenge. Because mm. if people don't know what they can compare it to, that's how we 
you know, make decisions on what to do. It's sure. funny because when I was working on Art of More, I really immersed myself in the art world and articles about the art world. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm doing head games, I'm really immersing <laughs> myself in, in a lot of books about psychiatry and psychology mm. and how the human mind works. Mm-hmm. And there are some great authors that have written about how we make decisions. And the way we make decisions is we have an ideal in our mind. Mm-hmm. And the thing that we're looking at, we compare it to that ideal and we say, well, how close does it come to that ideal? Mm. And so... And sometimes that leads us to make bad decisions. Mm-hmm. But in, it's very applicable to so many things. You know, mm-hmm. why do you buy this car? Why do you buy this house? Why do you date this person versus mm-hmm. this other person? You're comparing them to some ideal that your may con- or may not even y- exist. Your conditioning has been conditioned. Yeah, there is that. There is that. Let me ask you a question. It just reminded me of, because I always talk about how being a writer and, and having been a former actor like you were, I'm always studying human behavior. Right. Like I can tell people a mile away, like who they are and mm. how come they're not dating this person or why they're dating that same type of person. What I just see things like a mile away. Do you find in your research that you're seeing patterns in, in things or what? Yes. I mean, definitely in terms of becoming more aware of why people perceive things the way mm-hmm. they do and how those perceptions may or may not be true, okay. especially in the wake on a more macro level in the last year, the public made some pretty shocking, horrifying decisions <laughs> in this country and in other oh, they countries. Did not. You think? Why did they do that? So it has uh, applications to everything. And then I look at the characters in my shows and why do they make these terrible decisions? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the art world and the auction world, I was drawn to it because I was drawn to the idea of why do people collect things? Mm-hmm. Why is it we, we think owning certain things will change who we are? Mm-hmm. And now with head games, it's sort of the, the reverse of that. It's like what's going on inside our mind mm-hmm. and how does that affect our external behavior? Okay. So it's sort of the reverse approach, but it, it's equally fascinating. This person is doing these things. And the interesting thing about our lead character is that he's good at getting inside your head and finding those buttons that, mm. that, you know, why are you doing the things you're doing mm-hmm. and how can I push those buttons to make you do something else? Trigger that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he's working very internally. The people in the art of more, at least initially, were working very externally. They were trying, you know, Graham, the lead character is this, you know, he grew up in Brooklyn. He was mm-hmm. an Iraq war vet. He gets into the auction world. He tries to remake himself. Right. But he tries to remake himself on the outside. Mm-hmm. Season two now, we get deeper into character and some of the, Things that we had hinted at in season one, you know, Carrie Elwes' character really uh, isn't that wealthy anymore. He's got yeah. like a lot of old money families. Mm-hmm. All he sort of has is the name. Yeah. And mm. he uses that name as currency to I try love and that trade kind of on stuff. it. So we're getting deeper into the inside of the characters in season two as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's the luxury of having a season two. Mm-hmm. Is season one, we really kept things moving because we were trying to introduce a world and characters that people had never seen before. Hook your audience in, like, yes. Hook and, them yeah. in, lots of danger. And then in season two, there's still lots of danger. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the sins that people have done in the past catch up with them. <laughs> but there's also more introspection and there's more times where people let their guard down. Give me a sure question. Behind the cover. Now I can't remember off the top of my head. <clears throat> had you been staffed? You'd never been staffed on a show. I had now not. this is an interesting thing. You never been staffed on a show. You sell a show, come in as EP. Well, you have another EP, right? Another yes. showrunner EP. Uh, or, yes. Yes. Okay. 
What have you learned from season one? Of yes, because last time you Cause came that's here, a big yes, jump. because the, the the last time you came, you talked to us. The show was about to come out, and mm-hmm. you were just talking about all oh, just putting it all together. Now that it's happened, it's True. out. It's a success, new season. What is something that is that that you've learned that you wish you probably had to know when you came <laughs> yeah, in? Well, season one, we were all under a lot of pressure because mm-hmm. we were all doing it for the first time. It was Crackle's first. You know, big budget one hour show. Mm -hmm. So everybody was new to it. And even our actors, they're veteran actors, Mm -hmm. but they were feature actors. That's true. Yes. yes. You know, this was their first time doing a TV series. Mm -hmm. So I think we all sort of had those kind of freshman Mm -hmm. jitters. Season two, you know, we had the benefit of, all right, what worked and what didn't work from Mm -hmm. season one. Uh, who were the people that we really liked from season one? Who were the characters that we really liked? Mm-hmm. Uh, what do we want to do more of? What, you know, we definitely wanted to balance it out more between all four of our lead characters. Season mm-hmm. one was definitely heavily weighted towards you know uh, Christian Cook's character, Graham right. Connor, and the other characters were sort of there as obstacles for him. Towards the end of the season, we got deeper into Dennis's character. We got mm-hmm. deeper into Kate's character and Carrie's character. And then we said, yeah, it's great when we can get deeper into those characters as well. So we definitely wanted to balance it out more in season two okay. and see where the, the, the bad choices they made in season one led them to. Uh, I think it was also in learning how to work collaboratively. Mm-hmm. You know, I came from being a feature writer and being a playwright where you're just sort of alone in a room. Yes. And then you give it to the actors. And then when you give it to the actors, obviously there are discussions and collaborations with the director. But television is much more collaborative mm-hmm. than even the most collaborative parts of doing a feature or a play. Sure. And so the idea of the writer's room, we had more writers this year. Mm-hmm. There was more interaction. We had more time. Mm-hmm. You definitely mm-hmm. want as much time. We had eight, day, eight production days per episode instead of seven. Oh, really? So we weren't shooting That's until 4 or 5 yeah. in the morning. Yeah. People don't realize one day makes a huge yes. difference. Oh, my God. Yeah, because we're all locations. <laughs> we don't have sound stages, so we're always moving around. Which is why the show always looks so expensive it, to yes. me. You guys really utilize what's going on on the streets mm-hmm. and the cars and the, the, the clothes and all that stuff. Well, we have a brilliant, brilliant production team up mm-hmm. in Montreal, and we work with a company up there called Muse Entertainment, mm-hmm. and they're one of the biggest production companies in Montreal, and I really have to credit them okay. with you know, stretching the dollar mm-hmm. as far as they can. You know, I always wanted the show to be something that helped bring new artists to the forefront, yes. and this season we dealt more with modern art, and Dennis's character is opening a modern art museum, and we featured, you know, real art, and then... I wanted to feature some of the artists that I love, and we had a scene where where Carrie's character, who's sort of getting into kind of illegal dealings of his <laughs> own now, and he sells this Ruche, and I picked Ruche because I've always loved Ruche, but we actually had to get his permission to oh, use really? oh, wow. his painting, his famous painting, Burning Gas Station, and so the show contacted his, you know, his agent or his, mm-hmm. uh, you know, his art agent, and they asked him, and he said, sure. <laughs> nice. So he's still alive, and mm-hmm. he he allowed us to use the painting. And to me, that was like 
that that was a celebrity sighting. You know? <laughs> oh, we've got a real Rache in the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, old Love paintings. It. You know, <laughs> then you got to get it shipped. Okay, you know, like, the shipped. <laughs> <laughs> let them handle it. Our department, our department. <laughs> but th- that's the, that's an exciting part because, like, you know, things that are over 100 years that are in public domain, you can use Degas. You mm-hmm. can show those paintings, mm-hmm. which I also love. But to be able to have something contemporary in the show, right. I'd like to be able to do more of that. Mm-hmm. Mozart in the Jungle has done a great job of that with the music mm-hmm. world, and they mm-hmm. have real mm-hmm. conductors and real musicians in the show doing mm-hmm. cameos. I, I'd love if we could do more of that going mm-hmm. forward, but to get deeper into the art world too. So the collaborative nature of it, uh, I think, keeps getting tighter as mm-hmm. we go along, which I'm, I'm really happy about. Speaking of the art world, have you had any backlash from any of the big exhibitors or whatever who are like, how dare you guys to go into our world or, you know, you guys aren't accurate, whatever the hell. You know how they are. There's always somebody who got some shit to say. Nobody has sued us. <laughs> that was a good way to okay, dodge it, like, wasn't We it? have not received any papers. That's all I know. Nobody has sued us. Whether they are happy or unhappy, I do not know. Okay. Uh, there is one big auction house that I have worked with, and mm-hmm. they have been advisors to us. Okay, good. And I, I run scripts and ideas by them, and they've been very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to say their name because I don't want to get anybody in trouble yeah, sure. but they have been very helpful and they have watched Smith and Brothers the show. we know who y'all are. Uh, and, and, but, but they are a lot of them are very uh, secretive and mm-hmm. they wouldn't let us tour their offices and they wouldn't let us come in there because they're they're selling an image you know mm. you go in there and you spend 20 million dollars for a painting why is that painting worth 20 million dollars well mm. it's because they're doing a good job of creating that buzz or whatever, yeah. right? And I, I think they're, they're very reluctant to have people look behind the curtain. Oh, okay. That's so funny because when, yeah. when you're watching the Art of War, that, that what cracks me up is like when you go to like the big museums and things, like I've been in the ones in Italy and I've been the ones in New York and, and it's like, I'm that person who looks at the art and I'm like, that is like trash. <laughs> and it's like, and someone actually paid 15 million? Like, y'all getting punk for real. But it's like you said, that psychological thing. They will not thing. want you in their auction. Uh, no, no. I'm like, like, can you imagine me like, y'all really want to bid on this? Like, y'all want this in your house? Like, and it's funny because it's like when you said you were doing all your research and stuff, um, the psychological, like, why do people put value on things you know, that for the most part, most of it think it looks like shit. Like, really? Mm-hmm. It's just, like, I have to admit, the first time I saw water lilies, <laughs> like, in New York, like, the big walked in, because you know you get the hype, and you're just like, eh, and you see it, and you're like, it's all right. You know, I, I'm terrible, because that's like when I went to the Vatican with my family, and we're looking around, it's like, okay, let me go in here. Every year I come to visit family in Italy. Let's go to the Vatican and look. And I finally saw, I'm like, that is some of the shittiest art. <laughs> up like this shit don't look like what Tom Hanks was looking at in that movie <laughs> like this stuff doesn't even look good this is too much gold like who did, did Trump did this wife come here organize this is too much uh-huh. and it's interesting in Looking terms like of the Hearst Castle is yeah. good. <laughs> it's like it's too much y'all need somebody to come and say it's too much mm. but I think that's what I love about the art of war it's like like you said they probably don't want people you know going to the land of Oz and looking behind the curtain and mm-hmm. seeing like this is what it is because I'm always curious about people who buy the art and then they hide it they don't display it they keep it hidden you know and these fakes that go around mm. and it's like it's just it's just so much interest. it's just so sexy well, you know yeah I don't understand people that, that buy it and then hide it uh you know, if you look over the like the biggest ticket prices, the highest selling paintings, mm-hmm. like the top twenty highest selling paintings of all time, <laughs> like ten of them of ten of the twenty 
were bought and never seen again. What? Uh, mm. Several of them were bought by Russian oligarchs, and they're mm. hanging in some mansion somewhere mm. in in Russia. Or mm. a lot of them were from Georgia, um, not our Georgia, their Georgia, right, right, yeah, and never seen again. So, mm. I mean, clearly they must show it to whoever they're entertaining there, but okay. they live behind these big stone walls mm-hmm. and then those paintings are lost to us yeah. because they're never seen. Yeah. So I think what goes on behind those stone walls is really interesting and that's something that we want to delve even deeper into. I hope you do. Stone. I love that. Yeah. That kind of intrigue and sexy and like, like you said, the psychological, like why? Like what? what's behind this painting? Because like literally, I'm, and, and it could just be me. You know, I walk in some places and people are like, oh, it's the best architecture, it's the best this. And I'm walking like, I wouldn't have this shit in my house. I don't know what y'all doing. You know, but I'd be like, okay, someone likes that. It's like, just because it's not your taste, Lisa, somebody else likes it. But let's be honest, some of the stuff you see is like, and it's worth this much. And you're looking at it like, yeah, sometimes. Like there's some Van Gogh, there's like a tiny chicken scratching on the wall. And I was looking at it and it was like, Y'all paid how much for that? Like, what? <laughs> you know, but but it was because of the name of the artist. Because somebody and did someone it. did it, exactly. and they had it, and I was just like, ah. well, with modern art too, a lot of it is even harder to understand. Like, I actually love the looking at the water lilies and they got and those things give me, give me a chill and really transport me. So I'm an art nerd, but um, <laughs> some of the modern art doesn't speak to me the way a lot of the impressionist art does. But for other people, mm-hmm. it does. Mm-hmm. Or they think, oh, I'm going to buy it for a million today right. and sell it for $20 million in right. a year, whereas a Van Gogh is already $100 million. Yeah. How much more is it going to go up? True. That's why the hot area, especially at the big auction houses, is modern art, because mm-hmm. that's the stuff that can appreciate more. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times people buy it as an investment. At least they hope it appreciates. <laughs> well, it's more of a risk. It yeah. definitely is more of a risk. Yeah. But you know, when the stock market was losing money, well, where were pe- rich people going to put their money? So right. the art market really exploded after the financial meltdown for those people that could still afford to buy art. And also some people use it to launder dirty money. Right, mm. right. That's why right. I think a lot of these Russian oligarchs buy it because mm-hmm. it's a great way to launder $20 million at one time. It reminds you know, me of one of my favorite episodes of Absolutely Fabulous yes. where Adina Monsoon is going around. Is that in the movie they did? Girl, I look. <laughs> Look, people hated it. I haven't seen it. I but loved the it. Was off the chain. People hated it, but I loved it. But this is what I tell people: that movie, you have to have been a fan of the TV series. Mm-hmm. If you weren't a fan of the shows, you won't get it. you're not. It's not. It's not going to yeah. work for you. Mm-hmm. It's not. I don't think it's one of those standalone shows that anybody mm-hmm. movies can go see. I think you really have to have been a fan. Mm-hmm. But there was an episode where she goes in and she's just buying the modern art stuff, and <laughs> she's like, "Oh, well, don't you want to know about Ed? This is the stuff like she didn't wasn't looking. It was trash art, but she's like, is this going? Is this going to value? Like, it's going to appreciate it? Okay, get all of it, you know? And then she had in her house, and her friends were like, they were like, so is this, is this, but is it art? Like, it was trash. But she says, yes, but it'll be worth something in the future. And I just, it's just fascinating me. And, well, and just like with the new show you're doing, in terms of, you know, from writing the new pilot script and working on this new show with Viola's production company, in terms of your writing, I mean, what have you learned in terms of doing all that research, the whole psychological stuff? Like, do you, did you find yourself like analyzing yourself? <laughs> That's interesting. And like, you know, like, you're, you know, because like, when you're doing research for mm-hmm. stuff, you know, you really start to think it has about to come from a place. How does it apply? You know, sure. like, did yeah. you find any something like different or amazing that you didn't know about yourself? You know, how your mind works, especially being a writer. Well, anytime you're reading anything or doing any kind of research, there are going to be things that resonate with you. And mm-hmm. you say, oh, sh- shit, that's really, I do that, or that mm-hmm. comes, or now I understand why I do that. And then you try to find a way to put it into what your characters do without it being, 
your own therapy because whatever they do has to be interesting for an audience. Right. So you're always balancing between, well, you know, if that speaks to me, I bet other people have experienced that mm-hmm. too. So hopefully without being indulgent, you're saying, well, at least I know I'm giving them something truthful. Right. This speaks to me and that's not the only barometer I use, but I mm-hmm. definitely start with that. Mm-hmm. And then that's where the collaboration part comes in. You show it to the, you know, your producers and if it, speaks to them in, in a similar way. You're like, all right, well, then I've touched on something. Mm-hmm. You know, in in Head Games, in the book, the advantage of the book is that, you know, we were able to take it out there to an audience and there were readers and people post reviews on Amazon and a lot of people spoke to the fact that the relationship that the lead character has with his father, mm-hmm. they have a very strained relationship and when you have a strained relationship with your own father, you know, for some people anyway, it leads them to become more introspective and helps explain why he became a therapist himself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they're very different, even though they're they're both therapists. But mm-hmm. his father is sort of very blue collar, and he's more intellectual. And as a result, he's always kind of considered Jonah something of a, mm-hmm. of a pussy. Mm-hmm. And so when he becomes a spy, suddenly for the first time in his life, he's proud of his son. Wow. And so his father, who he's never had a close relationship, suddenly becomes the one person he can talk to mm-hmm. more than he can – because he can't tell his wife what he's mm-hmm. doing. He can't tell his friends what he's doing, but he can talk to his father about it. And so that relationship really resonated with readers of the book. Mm-hmm. And it's something so that – that becomes the ally and the mentor, so to speak. It, it does. They, they sort of learn from each other. They mm-hmm. start to uncover things that they had never known about each other. And it, the, the work draws them together. And mm-hmm. I thought, well, that's something that – clearly spoke to people in the book. Mm -hmm. Uh, I guess everybody's got baggage with their parents of one kind or another. And it's definitely resonated with with the people at the studio and the network too. Mm -hmm. They've all, you know, all the people who have read it have pointed to the father-son relationship as something that they they think is something that really grabs them in the show. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you you find things that, that... strike a nerve with you and you hope they'll strike a nerve with other people and and if they don't then that's why they have a second draft (laughs) (laughs) and if it makes it through the second and third drafts then you maybe you've got something well how much how much rewriting did you have to do like once and I, i know you said viola's read the script the production company like how extensive well, you're was that? Adapting the, a book, too. yeah. Like, I mean, I'm adapting a book. It's it's a network show, so mm-hmm. you know, obviously, there's going to be a lot of voices there. You have got the producers, you have got the studio, you've got the network. Mm-hmm. But it's been an incredibly supportive process. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody went into it seeing the same show. Mm-hmm. We we all kind of agreed on where we started and what the tone of it was going to be and what the journey was going to be, and so. I mean, there's certainly been notes and there's been rewrites and there's been revisions, but that's never changed. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty rare in, in the world that of is. the network. Yeah. And even all the people at the, at the studio and the network and the producers have pointed to the fact that, wow, it's really great when that happens, when mm-hmm. everybody agrees on the show that we're making. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm really grateful that I'm working with really, really smart people at the network and at the studio and my producers and they're all really behind the kind of show that they that they see it as i like that because it, it helps you kind of avoid development hell uh, when you get in there and you're like hey i thought we know, had this vision come here talk about yeah development we, we had this vision and then the <laughs> yes. vision gets changed up so much that you start to lose you know and I, do you find it's helpful to the fact that it's the adaptation is your book that you wrote that you have a clear understanding and you're the expert in the room because I wrote the book (laughs) (laughs) you know no one ever thinks that they're not the expert in the room Mm -hmm. so you never want to play that card Mm -hmm. but when I do get notes or questions about the characters 
I have a pretty deep well of, of research and thought that's gone into it. It's not just like an idea I pitched this summer that mm -hmm. I've been thinking about for a month. You know, I do always go back to the book when I'm trying to find an answer or a solution to a note and say, well, why is he this way with his wife? Or why is he this way with his daughter? And then mm -hmm. I go back to the work that I did when I was writing the book and all the, you know, sort of background and detail that I created for the characters that may or may not have made it into the book or the, or the script, but I, I know it because I did the work before I wrote it, mm -hmm. and that's been really helpful. Mm -hmm. you know, I've, I've never said, oh, well, it's this way in the book, so it has to be this way, because <laughs> that, that don't fly at the network, <laughs> and, and, nor should it. You know? yeah, I mean, yeah. they're making a TV show, mm -hmm. and uh, so I, I learned early on that whatever note comes your way, you really have to try and get in the shoes of the person who gave you the note, mm -hmm. and that's certainly something that I learned doing The Art of More, and I think that's why, you know, season two, I understood that better than I did season one. Mm -hmm. right. And now I'm benefiting from that experience working with, with ABC, where you have to work very quickly yeah. because the network development mm -hmm. cycle is very short. Mm -hmm. And I was just talking to somebody this weekend. <clears throat> Will came, we were sitting talking yesterday while I was writing. And I was telling him about how, um, you know, the project I'm working on, they've already hired me to do the next job. And, and how... Sometimes it seems like a lot of years go by before you finally feel like you start getting whatever it is you're supposed to get. A lot of years. <laughs> a lot of years. A lot, a lot of years. And, 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 and you're still, you know, trying to get to wherever it is you're trying to get to, but they come. I don't want to say they come when you're ready because it's not true because a lot of people get it and they don't succeed, mm -hmm. so I don't believe they were ready for it. <clears throat> but I believe, I'm just listening to your story, reminds me of mine in some sort of ways where... You know, you were making these short films and doing these plays and doing all these other things and moved from being an actor to writing on writing books. And now you're, you know, EP on a TV show. Right. And now you're selling shows. And right. Blah, 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 you know, et cetera, et cetera. They just kind of keep You've accelerated, my friend. Like yes. You, the leap is huge to the outside. Mm -hmm. Right. But to you, you know, it's you've like been... been Knocking on that yes. door, making all those steps all the way. Yeah, definitely. The things that I did for the years leading up to this have helped inform. I mean, certainly doing theater, mm -hmm. doing plays gives you the chance to work with actors, mm -hmm. to work with people that question. Mm -hmm. You know, why is my character doing this? And you need to really understand that to be able to communicate that to them. Uh, seeing your work live in front of an audience every night. I mean, all those things definitely helped. You know, educate me. It was still a huge education once I got the show, but sure. I was certainly more ready for it than I would have been had I not done those things. Mm -hmm. I don't think I could have done Art of More, and I don't think that I would have the relationships that I have with the cast or mm -hmm. been able to write characters that even attracted that cast mm -hmm. if I hadn't done the work that I had done in the mm -hmm. theater. Mm -hmm. The feature work, you know, a lot of it was development stuff. So you sure. learn how to take notes, you learn how to work with people, and you get to meet people. But until you see your work produced, to me, that's the big leap. Correct. And at least in the theater, I got to see my work produced, doing mm -hmm. some of the short films mm -hmm. and the indies that I mm -hmm. did. Again, I got to see my work produced. We toured a lot of film festivals, so I got to see it in front of an audience. Mm -hmm. And that that certainly helped. But nothing – I mean, doing Art of More was the great leap forward, mm -hmm. even though all that other work helped to inform mm -hmm. it. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely, definitely. So what's next for you? <laughs> Since you are now the writing – Shows yeah, coming you, out of here. Are you guys shooting season two now? Is it already? No, season two launched it's in already... November. So okay. we wrapped in the fall. People can get it now on Crackle. Mm -hmm. Got it, got it, got it. So any smart TV or Roku or Crackle.com. So you can you can see both seasons now. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we're kind of brainstorming what season three is going to be. We're waiting to hear, you know, 
if and when that's going to happen. Um, in the meantime, I'm working for ABC. <laughs> I'm doing this pilot. <laughs> that's good. And we'll, we'll see. And I have another pilot uh, that I'm working on with um, Doug Lyman's company oh, wow. that we sold to UCP uh, that because it's more of a cable project, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to get back to right now. I'm in the middle of, you know, network, which mm-hmm. has, a, again, a very short window. And then I have a couple of feature projects that, you know, with, with the, the um, success of the show, mm-hmm. some of the feature projects that I had worked on prior to the show. Exactly. You know, <laughs> I always tell everybody, you get that one thing going and the people are like, what, what else you got? got? Yeah. <laughs> so there, there's some other exciting things that are going on right now and things that I'm meeting on and, mm-hmm. and a feature project of mine that I'm going to direct uh, when, when all, you know, Lisa won a one role where she says, yeah. Did I go right there? Yes, yes. <laughs> the doctor can see you now. <laughs> uh, actually, a- a- Angela Bassett is doing and, that part. And I'm like, darn it. Queen Angela's doing that part, too. I didn't no. know it was her. I just saw this woman at the lunch. I said, you want to do this one role? And she said, sure. Go figure. She go, milk that motherfucker, too. I've learned from the past that things don't happen until they do. So there's definitely uh, exciting stuff going on. Yeah, but definitely. when it actually goes before the cameras, that... That remains to be seen, but in the meantime, I'm just enjoying working with terrific people. Yeah, I'm thrilled for you because I, like I said, for Crackle, like you've kind of set the standard for them. Like, you know, you guys were the template for are we going to do some more of these scripted Mm -hmm. things? And the fact that you know the show's done so well, and it's like the second season. It's like, hey, you've you are a trailblazer, sir. <laughs> Every other scripted show that comes through there is because of you and the success of your show. So I see more big things coming on. Does that mean that I get residuals from those? Other I, shows? Would so. <laughs> I would well, hope I would so. Hope so too. I, would I don't hope think so. it's going to work. That I don't way. think it's going to happen. I thought it was all created by you. It's a nice feeling anyway. <laughs> yes, open up I, doors mean, I would and... hope so. But I know it's just it's just exciting. Like I said to. To have talked to you last year and and was it last year or the year before? It was last year. Was it last year? Because mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like 2016 was just so long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah, know? I think it was like the end of 2015. Yeah, like right the last part. Launched, and it was so like, the, and I remember the excitement and and you know just sec- you know just keep sexy, keep bringing the sexy, sir. Yes. <laughs> I do what I can. Yeah. <laughs> even even the the, Vi- the Viola Davis show sounds like you can make that sexy. Yeah, it has to be. I think that's in you. There's something about the way you write. It's always going to be. There's going to be that sexy that 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 tone of sexiness. Well, his uh, his. His government handler. That's one change we did make in in the book. It's a man, and for the TV show, we changed it to a woman. Mm. So there is like a sexual tension between him and his handler, mm-hmm. even though you know he's married and he's happily married. But there's mm-hmm. that tension between people yes. that are working together in something that they need to keep a secret. Mm. That's what they call a moonlight effect. Mm. <laughs> but, well, one, but once you're keeping a relationship a secret, even if it's for legitimate reasons, mm-hmm. it begins to it's, take on yes. this kind of illicit feel. Yes. Like, hey, are we doing something wrong? Even yes. if they're not, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I like to play around with the ambiguity of things. Oh, I like I like the tension of that too. It's like, ooh, ooh, sexy. <laughs> oh, Nando, thanks a lot, Chuck. We appreciate it, buddy. Thank you. Yes, exciting for you. Exciting. Yeah, definitely. You got some so good much things good going stuff on. going on for you. Exciting. Proud of you. Proud of you. So, can people follow you on Twitter? Yes. Where you I'm at? On, I'm on Twitter. It's was it Chuck Rose 04. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I should know that, right? <laughs> he said, wait, he says with a question mark at the end. Let me look it up. Looking at us like, uh, is it that? I I'm don't on, know. I'm is on it Instagram. Chuck? I think it is. It's Chuck Rose 04 on Twitter. And on Instagram, it's Chuck Rose 7, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't know because I don't follow myself. But you know, you you follow me. 
it's like I'm just sitting there because you know I have like a list of the writer people that we have come in, and like usually there's a little notification. So if you guys post something new, you know I'll catch it. And it's like I ain't got no notifications from you yeah, in like a yeah. minute. I'm like, is Chuck, is he on here? Like he's is he using this? You know. I'm, but you're busy, I'm, but that's a good thing. I'm not as tech savvy. No, as no, my, uh, he's busy. I take it as being. I, I just be. take it as being busy. <laughs> I am on Facebook and I am on Instagram. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I see you on Facebook. Yeah, all the time. yeah, yeah. There's so many on Twitter. I still yeah, find it's, daunting. It's, it's at Chuck Rose Four mm-hmm. on Twitter. Okay, and I'm on Instagram. <laughs> he might not respond to you. <laughs> but he's on there. Wait, wait. What's the last tweet he had on? You have one of the one of the assistants just you know. I think it was from you guys or maybe. <laughs> it's all right. It's oh all right. Oh my god! But we're gonna be blasting it when it comes out. I think when I, I met Ringo Starr at this auction last year, I think I tweeted that, and that might have been the last thing I met. I, I like, that was pretty cool. I, I think mean, there was know, something about the meet, meeting a beetle was pretty about. cool. Yeah, yeah. It was because uh, they they had interviewed for the writer for the Writers Guild um, around think, around hmm, Halloween. Somewhere around there. Yeah, I did. I did the Writers Guild, <clears throat> and right. then I just did the, the treatment with Elvis Mitchell. I think I tweeted about that, but yeah, that was a good one. Oh, thank yeah, you. I well, love. Was, I think you did because that's love the reason Elvis why. I, that was the reason why I was happened to be listening to it today. I made sure mm-hmm. I had the radio on to listen to that because mm-hmm. it's always fun. And tell everybody again just where they can watch Art of More and looking forward to the new show and all that. Just to get the Art the of More, show. you can watch seasons one and two now. It's on Crackle. Mm-hmm. So it, any smart TV, it's the Crackle app. It's the bright orange app, so you can always find it. <laughs> Crackle is free. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to subscribe to it, so you can you can watch both No seasons. excuses. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Or, or just crackle.com. Okay. Where are you at, Lisa Lisa? Uh, you can always find me on Twitter. <laughs> always. Twitter shenanigans. <laughs> well, you know, uh, the last couple, because I've been busy the last couple of months, So, but normally you can find me under the, the Geek Soul Brothers hashtag of Saturday Night Sci-Fi. Mm-hmm. Uh, bitch flicks, uh, Reddit film reviews. Uh, you can find me. I'm on Facebook, but I just tell because I know a lot of people. I started getting like hits on Facebook. So like people, I don't really use Facebook. It's like for family to let them know I'm still alive. <laughs> Check in with some folks, but really just hit me up on Twitter. Like Twitter is like See, I'm on easy. Facebook more than I am. On no, and I like Twitter because Twitter is only 140 characters. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have time for the long drawn out. Say what you got to say in 140 <laughs> characters and keep it pushing. <laughs> so that's why I like Twitter and. Um, Plus, you know, when we live tweet those shows, I'm trying to tell y'all, I'm trying to tell you, if you have a TV show, you want to make sure your social media that you're on there because the fans, we be watching and mm-hmm. we be talking. And you can learn so much about your show and what people you really do think. You do that with one episode at a time on your show. Yeah. Yes, surprise. you please. Do whatever you, that is, whatever you, live you, tweeting you is, do it. It's just, <laughs> you know, and have, I need, to, you know what, I need to start my own live tweet thing where we uh, do, where we have martinis with Lisa. We should do the art of more just for him. <laughs> yeah. yeah and, we'll just, and we'll dress up like we'll put on our best clothes as we're going to an art auction <laughs> and everyone has their own. Everybody have their finger Okay. Waves. Everyone have your little finger <laughs> and have your little number card that you could put up and, you know, take pictures of ourselves. Like, yes, would you auction, as we watched the episode, would you buy that? <laughs> Tweet yes or no. How much would you pay for that? But that's exciting. But yeah, you can always find me on there under shenanigans. Exactly. And I'm your host. <laughs> I'm your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Hilliard Guest. Follow the show, Screenwriters RR on Twitter. <clears throat> Any questions, ScreenwritersRantRoom at gmail.com. Um, big shout out to all the countries out there. We're just kidding. Hits like crazy, like England and... 
I was about to say England and London. Put that a bit <laughs> England, England and, and London. And London. That's actually only one hit. I hate to tell you. Uh, Australia, France, Italy, um, <laughs> China, Japan, uh, Canada, of course. That's always number two. Um, shit like that. Uh, we love y'all. We appreciate it. South Africa. Um, oh, uh, the book I'm in, I'm, I don't know if I told you, I'm in the, they change it now from the top 50 to the top 100 mm. uh, indie writers in the world. I'm on the cover. Right. And uh, actually, they just came out with my interview today. Nice. So, yeah. So, that's cool. Um, so, big shout out. Thank you. Thank you. Big shout out to Dell and those guys over there <clears throat> for that. Um, there was something else I was going to mention. What else? Oh, I'm going to be on a panel of the Writers Guild on... Tuesday night. Hmm. What's the panel? I don't know when I'm bringing it. What's I might the panel drop about? this like a week or so. What? What's the panel about? Um, remember, I don't know if you ever met my friend Marie Weiss. She's mm-hmm. the one who wrote The Ref. Yes. So she works with like the Veterans Committee or something. <clears throat> so she called me the other day and asked me to come on a panel about young indie writers. Nice. You know, and filmmakers doing whatever. Awesome. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. So I won't be there on Tuesday for our education committee. He's like, oh, oh the education no. committee is on Tuesday. I actually haven't been to Writer's Edge for a while. Been a while You've been busy. You've been busy. <laughs> he ain't got no job. He ain't that's doing a, nothing. That, that's your story. You're sticking to it. I've been busy writing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you slide. I'll let you slide. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, y'all know how we're doing on The Rant Room. We love you guys on the show. We keep it real. We keep it opinion. But wait, wait. One more again. One more again. Congratulations, Viola. Yes. I mean, I was like, you should have got that star years ago. That's just my humble opinion. Come do the show, girl. But love your work. Appreciate it. I'm so thrilled that you're working with Chuck. And um, I'm looking forward to the new show. And like I said, Viola, if you can just help Chuck make sure he keeps sexy <laughs> on TV, I would appreciate it very much. Exactly. Thank you, Play the Thank president, you, queen. girl. Play Thank the queen. president. Thank you, queen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so y'all know how we do it on the Rant Room. On the show, we keep it real. Mm-hmm. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, everybody? 2016. 2016. Seventeen. Say it again. Uh, Two thousand and seventeen. Peace out. Everyone got one. What's your opinion? This is the Ain't no rules, just spill it. Anybody no any topic, even the random brand. I hope that you're ready, we enter in the zone soon We on a grown shit, welcome to the round room, room. Ah!